Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Namaste, y'all, and we're here back with another episode of Humanity. I'm Amelia. And I'm Table, and I'm gonna stay. That was a playoff <laughs> of Namaste, but we keep just... rehearsing, and we keep coming out with different <laughs> results. Like, we're like, Amelia, okay, you'll say this, and I'll say this, and they'll sound great. And I swear to God, we we are saying two different things, because I, I didn't we imagine... Are. Yeah, because I thought you were going with the original greetings, not that one, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, and then like yesterday we did, like, I tried one and then you got the back end of the second one and it was just, so we tried mm-hmm. recording yesterday mm-hmm. and, yeah. oh, our lovely recording bot yeah. um, decided to just stop recording 10 minutes in. Yeah, so we're talking, as you can imagine, for 30 minutes. It was a great episode. We we had a good intro. We had quirky things we said. We laughed. And then all of a sudden in the middle, we just, I just look over. Or no, no, no. I go, how long have we been recording? And you're like, I don't know. You're the one that. And so I check. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, God, we haven't been recording. Uh, because our poor bot was like, oh, it seems like I've dropped out of the room or stopped recording at this time. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so technology oh, people. Sometimes there are technical difficulties. Yeah. And, you know, once again, you guys are listening to Humanity, the podcast. This is not your typical intro. But <laughs> it's funny because today I'm talking about chakras. And some of the things that they say is energies just don't, you know, mess up with tech. You know, you have some spiritual people. Yeah. Going, oh, yeah, you can't take a picture of me. I never turn out right. Or, oh, yeah, that's probably because, like, you know, my energies are messing up your phone. I'm going to dive into it and see, you know, can it even really do that? I wonder if it can. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Because sometimes I think about that with, like, my luck with tech and my luck Mm -hmm. with just anything that has mechanical parts. I wonder. I wonder, too. Like, do our chakras, do our zodiac, do our whatever spiritual energies Mm -hmm. have anything to do 
with technology and it's something to look into. Yeah. I mean, that's a further topic, but before we even go dive in there, what do you know about chakras? Basically, my only chakra knowledge is super, super limited and mm-hmm. to cultural ref, like pop cultural references, like Grey's Anatomy. They talk about one of the main characters in a, a spiritual healing episode mm-hmm. having his throat chakra blocked because of something that happened in his past and he can't talk about it. And so he's just angry and like he can't say the things he really means because mm-hmm. he's mad all the time. So that's the only big cultural reference I know. I'm really glad you uh, mentioned that one because I'll, I'll go back to that throat chakra thing. But yeah, it's it's in our media in today's world in 2022. You know, you see it on TV, you see it in movies and fantasy, whatever, even in books. And I'm sure all of you have seen this, you know, the man or woman posing. And then there's like seven circles aligned the middle of their body, starting from like the groin area all the way up to the top of the head. Usually in lotus pose. Yeah, in lotus pose. It's that spiritual hippie woo-woo stuff. And over time, it's become more and more integrated into our society and culture and cartoons. You know, Stanley, before his passing, he helped release a character that's from India that has the powers of chakras, makes them indestructible. You know, depending on which chakra point in his body, he can do different powers. It's in yoga. I don't know if how many of you guys out there have taken yoga or know about yoga, but essentially it's these stretches and these weird poses that are supposed to help you, you know? And breathing. Breathing is a big part of yoga too. Oh yeah, that's a big one too. But going into it, I don't know how experienced everyone is, but there is actually a Western yoga or chakra system. And then there's an Eastern chakra system. A lot of the Eastern philosophies on chakra do not count the Western's view on the chakra system as being accurate. And and I'll go into it because the people who learned all of this over time, you got to understand, like, there was some marketing going on. You know, certain things became marketable. So the definitions of certain things changed. And I'm not here to downplay whatever's working in your life. If you feel like that tiger's eye has been keeping you safe, feel free to keep using it. But the truth of the matter is, originally, it wasn't seen like that. You know, you didn't have yogis carrying around crystals thinking that this was like, you know, some talisman to keep evil away. Majority of their powers came from within. So I'm just going to jump right into it. So chakras. Everyone thinks chakras are like this bulb of light that emanates from your body points. But you got to more imagine them more like a wheel, an ever-turning wheel that's like a whirlpool. And it mixes in with other energies. Yeah. And, and I'll go into more detail about this, but each chakra point doesn't actually solely have one type of energy in there. You would think like the root chakra, which is the base, is going to be all earth. That's not necessarily true. So with the chakras, they're almost like mycelium. They're connected to everything. We know that there is seven different chakras, but in the Eastern, there's everywhere from the five, six, six plus one, 
14, all the way up to 114 different chakras. And that goes interdimensional. I mean, like, you think the crown, there's one above the crown, uh, which is the top of your head. And then it just keeps going up. Because in their philosophy or religion, you are not just you. There's the physical, the emotional body, and the spiritual body. And then it keeps going up. and Beyond and beyond. And it's fascinating to me because we're working on this creation series for the future. And this kind of, you know, a lot of this relates to it. And some of it kind of feeds into the other. Mm -hmm. But the chakras, they correspond to different nerves, major organs, and areas of our energetic body that affect our emotional or physical well-being. You might meet a practitioner that goes like, Oh, I feel like your solar plex is blocked. Yeah. Or like, I feel your heart energy coming out of you. (laughs) You're glowing yellow. Your aura is so pleasant. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And also, you know, each chakra point is associated with different name, color, organs, crystals, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's the Western view. So the chakra system originated in India between... 1500 to 500 BC in the oldest text called the Vedas. But it could have been even older than that because it was passed down originally through oral tradition in Indo-European people called the Aryan people, which is interesting. Yeah. Because in history, you hear Aryan people, you think blue eyes, blonde hair. Right. And I don't think these people had blue eyes and blonde hair. So Well, and just kind of a, a, a completely off-subject aside, like you think of Caucasian as white, but actually the people from the Caucasus Mountains and things are usually have darker skin and like darker mm-hmm. hair. And Caucasian doesn't necessarily mean white, you know? So yeah. it, maybe it's the same principle. Maybe. I mean, the chakra system basically was this ancient traditional Eastern philosophy until the New Age authors of today started expanding upon the older text and making it more accessible. So think of the Bible, how it first started out, and then how many times it's been rewritten. And each time, it's slightly translated differently. So lots of things lost in translation, just like a game of telephone. You pick and choose what you want, and it gets simplified over and over again until the original meaning is gone. Yeah, just like how that one episode you were telling, you know, the full saying of curiosity killed the cat, we never knew that satisfaction brought it back. A big part of the translation just missing. Right. So speaking of satisfaction brought it back, a quick Google search brought up that, you know, Aryan was the name that was originally given to people who spoke archaic Indo-European languages. And they were the ones that were thought to, you know, in prehistoric times... And prehistoric isn't as far back as we think it is. It's just before we recorded history. So oral tradition fits into that perfectly. But they were in Iran, ancient Iran and northern Mm -hmm. India. So that makes perfect sense. Exactly. You know, so the chakra system, it was a lot more complex. And throughout time, it became simpler and simpler and more pleasing to today's world. And before I go into it all, you got to look at the chakra system, yoga, and that lifestyle as kung fu. Some of these people make kung fu their life. Some people just 
do it for recreational purposes. And some people just like the idea of being seen that way. So once again, if whatever you're doing in life works for you, great. But if you're a practitioner and you're trying to go down to the very source of what all of this is, this might be a good way to revisit, you know, the things you already knew and perhaps, you know, dive even further. So Amelia, do you have any questions so far about any chakra systems that I've discussed? So far, no. I think the idea of having 114 chakras seems like a lot to manage. Yeah. That's a little intimidating because you, you only mm -hmm. have 226 bones in your body. That's mm -hmm. almost half. Like, that's a little over half of that. And so it's like yeah. one chakra in each bone section. Like, that just, that's what I'm thinking of in my head. It's going into your energetic body, you know? Like, yeah. There's Amelia. But then there's the other Amelia that's whispering how you should live your life. And then there's also another that knows what your soul is going. I don't know. It, it goes far on beyond my understanding. Let's just manage the physical and spiritual exactly. Amelia. Everything else yeah. will be okay. <laughs> we'll follow. So we were talking about it before, but do you understand what blocked and or unbalanced chakras are? I mean, just in the general sense that I know what blocked or unbalanced means in life. It's just there's something mm -hmm. wrong. Like that's mm -hmm. that's all I could understand of that. There's just something wrong. So these chakras in our body, they're spinning. You know, they would could say a wheel. But it's also for those that want to think about it. It's like a gear. It's turning. Each one connects to the other one. And depending on how they run, it will affect your mood and well-being. Sometimes they can spin too fast or not spin enough or be completely blocked. And that can look like a depletion of energy flow or too much energetic activity. You could also have mood swings or actual physical manifestations like, like you said, lying. Yeah. Or arthritis, kidney failure, cancer. I don't know. Like it, it wow, it's now just th like this just went from lying to like extreme health issues, which is terrifying. Well, it, it relates to everything. And even a website like WebMD, which is purely a scientific website, has things yeah. on chakras. So they even they acknowledge that this is the thing, that this is, you know, something the medical field could also learn from. Right. And Western society has always looked at Eastern medicine and tried to study it because they've had it for thousands of years. And yeah. Western science at the beginning was like, oh, you guys are like that oriental, crazy, <laughs> like pig's feet, whatever. Dried up snake bones, powdered up, yeah. and like yeah. crazy stuff. But honestly, and we had this conversation a little bit yesterday, belief plays a lot into it. Like things that you believe mm -hmm. have power. And mm -hmm. just like you were saying, if whatever someone is doing right now works for them because they believe in it, far be it for us to correct you. But, you know, this is just the original vantage point that we're presenting. Exactly. And also for listeners, think about it. Western medicine uses synthetic chemicals, lab created chemicals to make your medicine. But they're based off the natural chemical that occurs in nature and they're making it synthetically in plants and animals and, yeah plants yeah. and animals because it's cheaper it, you don't you don't have to go around scavenging or growing these you can chemically make them and honestly now that you say it like that i've never thought about it but it's 
kind of more environmentally responsible to create them synthetically instead of depleting all of the natural resource. Well, no, because if you can grow these things that are safe for the environment, as in like, you know, if you cut trees, you plant more, it would Mm -hmm. actually help the earth because a lot of these chemicals that are being made in factories, there's a lot of pollution that comes off of these big places. But think of the animals, though. Can you responsibly breed enough and this is just completely off the cuff, but can you responsibly breed enough marmosets that secrete this certain enzyme to create enough Viagra? Like, this is just all hypothetical. Yeah, a hypothetical, I understand. But a lot of the medicine that was created back in the day were from plants. I yeah. actually know a lot of healers that were historically in Korea, at least, that uh, all their medicines came from plants. And if you think about from the episode of when I talked about plants and how similar they are to insects, to animals, to us, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that plants actually hold the key to all of our medicine because whatever you can find in animals, you can find in plants or mushrooms or, you know, vice versa. Though the things that you find in animals will probably be in higher concentration. Because if you look at blue whales, the plankton in the water eat the pollution, then the krill eat the plankton, and already the pollution is more potent. And then the whale eat the krill, and then the whale's concentration and toxins in their fat are a multitude times more than the actual pollution in the plankton themselves because it's concentrated. But then you have things like they are studying certain venoms for cancer curing properties. Like you Mm -hmm. can't get that from a plant. Like certain snake venoms only come from that snake. They're not eating plants to get it. That's true. Or spider venoms are doing the same thing. Like they're Mm -hmm. in teeny tiny amounts of spider venom. Yeah. But you can make a lot more spiders a lot faster. That is true, though it's the balance, I would say, you know, like I'm not saying Eastern medicine is better than Western. I would say Eastern medicine is better until you have trauma, then you want to go to Western because Western is really good with trauma situations such as like accidents, things like you got to get surgery for. You don't know that you had cancer and you're literally like, you know, on the verge of dying you're not going to be able to take a bunch of medicine like Eastern medicine and suddenly recover. Sometimes you need that physical hands-on approach. So with that all in mind, with the Eastern world, they're going to be able to look at your chakra or your nervous system and say, "Mm," you know, they look at even your lifestyle. Like, are you in a really bad relationship? Very holistic. Yeah, it's very holistic. Are you fighting with your spouse? Are you, you know, depressed? Are you, you know, what's on your shoulders? What's weighing you down? Because majority of the illnesses that they see come from within. It's not something from outside. Mm -hmm. So that's something you have to understand with chakras is that we're born with these tools in our body and we can fix ourselves as far as this philosophy goes. But in the Western world, it's seen a little differently. So I'm just going to go over all the chakras for those that don't know, but starting from the base of your spine, kind of how I described it before, it's like your like your taint area. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your tailbone. tailbone. Think of it whenever you fall and hurt your butt and it hurts for three weeks. 
that's where your root chakra is. Yeah, that's that's the region. So it starts from there, and it's usually seen as red. It they make it really simple with chakras. It's it's the rainbow. Do you, oh, actually, this is a tad bit, but I actually asked someone, "What are the seven colors of the rainbow?" And they looked at me like I asked them like uh, a college calculus class question. <laughs> oh you know, no! I was like, yeah, I was like, are you serious? You, you can't even attempt to name all the colors. So, but to your point with the colors, though, and being the rainbow, like you were saying earlier, everything blends and connects mm -hmm. just like in the rainbow, like yes. from red, orange, yellow, and it mm -hmm. all just blends together because mm -hmm. they all share energy. Yeah, I will get into that too. But if you want to make orange, you don't just get orange, you got to get some red and some yellow to make orange. So, these energies, they bleed through to each other. There's a little bit of each in within each chakra. But the root chakra, it helps you feel grounded. It's your primal instinct. It's your security, your stability. So it's got to do with, you know, like, think of the primal stages, like caveman, like needing to eat, having a roof over your head, you know, security, your reptilian brain type needs. Yeah. And, and it's associated with the element of earth, stability, and it can control how your feelings are with survival, ambition, dependency, and stability. It's kind of where your primary source of energy is. If unbalanced, it can lead to deep fear, insecurity, your drive to succeed. And you could be a very frustrating type of person, kind of like those people that are just have anger issues that are always aggressive. You might yeah. say their root chakra is overactive. But also from an observation standpoint, this is very a very intuitive system in the West, at least. Like because yes. when you're in the lotus position, your root chakra is closest to the ground and it is stabilizing. Mm. Like the base mm. of your spine stabilizes you. And if you fall over, that's a problem. So, I mean, mm -hmm. all of this is kind of intuitive, which I like. Great. I like yeah, things like yeah. that. Great observation. A lot of this, and if you think about it, there were some humans that went into the random places on Earth and decided to experiment with themselves. Because at the end of the day, it's just we're all in reality and consciousness is just experimenting with itself within reality. So obviously back in the day, people went out when they had plenty of time to do stuff because they didn't have all this electronics to distract them and TV. They would experiment with what life is, who they are. These are where, you know, true philosophers were born because all they had was themselves and society. Right. And I mean, like, just expanding on that idea, the fact that your brain can play with itself. Mm -hmm. The brain is so complex and we know so very little about it still, no matter how much we study. But like, I... They, yeah, I don't know. The concept of cluster headaches, for example, it's like your brain getting... Your brain's headache getting a headache. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so incredibly complex. And yeah. consciousness is amazing. It is. It's just, you know, when I'm researching this, I am constantly baffled to being like who who how did they figure this out well how did the first people figure out that we could eat mushrooms without dying maybe they saw a deer eat it but like some reindeer can eat mushrooms and it's toxic for us but not for them yeah i mean this is something that is not something that we discovered recently this is how humans have always done it but humans yeah. you know we're observant 
in survival training, they teach you to watch what animals eat. It's not saying that it is edible, but the fact that an animal, another animal is eating it is a good sign that it might be edible. And then our, mm-hmm. you know, bodies are very reactive, just like the where I was talking about the virome and the uh, microbe on our bodies. Yeah. They're indicators to let our bodies know something is not good for you. So a lot of the times they'll have you taste something, put something in your mouth. The moment it feels like it's itchy or, you know, there's some kind of negative reaction, you want to spit it out because your body is saying, no, this this is not good for you. Right. And that's something like with like mushroom milk, you can touch just a little bit to your tongue whenever you break it. And -hmm. if it's bitter, it's not something you want to eat. If it's sweet, it is something you want to eat. So there's I actually I can think of like very few things in the world that's sweet and toxic to you. I do remember there is a poison that is like sweet and you won't know that you're actually killing yourself. It's either arsenic or cyanide that smells and tastes like almonds. Like I can't remember one of the other ones. I don't remember. Yeah. So anyway, quickly moving back. So after (laughs) the root chakra is the sacral chakra. That's going to be right below your belly button. And it is responsible for your sexual and creative energy. And you're going, wait, wasn't the root chakra about, you know, sex? Like you mentioned before, it bleeds through. So yeah, orange has red in it. So it's going to also link to your emotions as well as emotions for others. It's kind of where... From survival, you start prospering into thriving and getting to live beyond your basic needs. And that's also the general area of where like reproductive organs are located Mm -hmm. in women, like Mm -hmm. your uterus and things like that. So which also control hormones and emotions and sex. This is great because, like, I've done the research and you you kind of don't know, but you're using common sense. So, like, I'm hoping the yeah. viewers or the listeners are also going, yeah, that makes sense, too. So then moving on to solar plex, do you want to take a guess what the solar plex, which is, you know, where your solar plex is? It's also known as the Manipura, but, you know, upper stomach region. What do you think that's about? If you just think, like, right in the middle. I mean digestion like that's the first thing i think of but well you know that saying you know the year southerns so you know that saying think of the western culture you yellow bellied something you know oh you yellow bellied coward yeah so it means that you're fearful right so with the solar plex it's located in the stomach region it has to do with confidence and self-esteem as well as helping you feel control in your life I wonder if that saying was made because there was this knowledge about follow your gut feeling. Maybe something. so. But either way, it has to do with that. If you actually lack confidence, you're going to become more fearful. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it's going to go red, orange, yellow, solar plex. And then the heart. It's not located over the heart like most people would think. It's in the center. So wherever your heart is, it's right next to it in the middle. I don't know why, but I guess that's how it works. Well, everything's centered with your chakras. Like yeah. it, it aligns mm-hmm. with your spine. Mm-hmm. So with the heart chakra, it has, you know, and, and this may come as not a surprise. It has your ability to show love and show compassion. 
So if you are a very selfish person that doesn't care about others, you might be blocked in that area. And that color is green, by the way. I never understood that. I was like, why is in heart green? It should be red. But I mean, the heart doesn't even look like the heart, like the heart emoji. I don't, I don't understand where that came from. Um, I don't either. Um, I know there's something behind it. And I remember researching it once, but it's like the heart, like the heart looks like a fist. Like it looks like a lump yeah. of flesh. That's pretty much it with tubes. Honestly, this, you know, right now for listeners, they don't see me, but I'm doing the heart emoji, but I think we should change it to the fist. You, you know, just like, I love you. <laughs> Just, it looks like I'm about to punch you. I love you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah. So moving on from the heart chakra is the throat chakra. The throat chakra, like you said, from Grey's Anatomy, people think it has to do with the ability to communicate verbally. That's a very general thing that people say, but there's a lot more to it. And then moving on to the third chakra, which is between your eyes, slightly above where your pineal gland would be. And you see a lot of this because of the, you know, third eye. But it's also responsible for intuition and is linked to imagination. So when we go back to the sacral chakra, which is above your root, below your belly button, that is, you know, your creative energy. Now, if you link yeah. that with your third eye, with the imagination, your ability to think of infinite possibilities is, you know, really high as, yeah. as far as what they would say. And then with the last and final crown chakra, like it said in the Western world, it's seen as the best chakra that it's like the king's crown. You put it on your head and it's located on the top of your head. It represents your spiritual connection to yourself, others, and the universe. A lot of the times they picture like a funnel coming off of your head, just downloading all of the universe and cosmos. And then it's an inverse funnel that just helix spirals down you. But also there's a word called the kundalini, uh, the serpent, mm -hmm. that climbs your spine all the way up in a helix going in between all the chakras and then going up. This has been practiced, even the Egyptians, they have this helix, you know, the onk. What you're supposed to do is have the kundalini serpent go up your chakra system, go over your head and loop back down. If you look at the onk, it's a cross, but on top, it's a loop. It represents yeah. you and the energy going around. If you actually attach the onk to a tuning fork, it will actually increase the vibrations by three times. So if you, wow. you know, hit a tuning fork, let's just say it lasts for five seconds, you put an onk at the end of it and hit it again, it will last for 15 seconds because all that vibration will go through the circle and come back down and it'll keep perpetually. To the other end of the fork. Yeah, mm -hmm. but also as you're saying it and making the motion, something I didn't think about when we were doing this yesterday was it looks like a crown. Like the mm -hmm. shape of a crown is the funnel. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. so, that makes so much sense that it's called exactly. a crown that you place on someone's head. Like it just it's perfect. Yeah. So knowing all of these seven major chakras of the Western world, I'm gonna just quickly go through them. And please, this is not WebMD. Do not suddenly think that you have any blockages <laughs> and jump on it. 
this is the Western view. But with the root chakra, like I said, it's red. It has to do with grounding and personal identity, strength, you know, primal stuff. If you have blocked roots, then you might experience things like arthritis, constipation, bladder or colon problems, or feeling insecure about finances or basic needs or well-being. You know, once again, it has to do with a lot of the primal needs. Yeah. So if you have worries about bills, you have worries about your looks and etc. You know, your base root chakra might be blocked. Or if you are overly angry all the time and aggressive, you might be overactive. And then moving on to the sacral chakra, the orange one. If you have blocked orange chakra blockage, I don't know why I called it that. If you have the <laughs> sacral chakra blocked, then you're going to have things like urinary tract infections, lower back pain, impotency. Just like you were saying, this is all very like stuff that makes sense because it's that region. And, you know, right. you don't, an everyday person can relate to these things and it makes it easier for them to understand. And once again, you got to think this comes from a time where people aren't going to be like, oh, your disc S3 is misaligned or whatever. They're going to be like, your belly hurts. So your orange chakra is probably misaligned, blah, blah, blah. But sacral chakra is also got to do with your connecting to self-worth and uh, your self-worth around pleasure, sexuality, and creativity. So if you're kind of, you know, feeling unattractive you feel like, you know, you don't do well in bed, it might also have to do with that. So if your partner is yeah. not wanting to have sex with you, their sacral chakra might be, you know, under spinning. And then moving on to the solar plex chakra, for those that think that they're a little bit yellow bellied, it might be because, mm -hmm. you know, you have blockages in the third chakra, you might also experience uh, digestive issues like ulcers, heartburn, eating disorder, indigestion, and our personal power. Once again, these things can translate through more than just physical. They can go yeah. out into your actions. So if you constantly shy away from, you know, you want to go up on stage, but you keep avoiding, you know, the theater because you're afraid, your solar plex might be needing a tune-up. And then moving on to the heart chakra, like I said before, love and compassion, just like the name it says. If that is blocked, it can come out, obviously, you want to take a guess? Oh, yeah. What, what do you think one problem might be? Um, Not being able to say I love you? Maybe, yeah. Also, in the physical realm, you might have heart oh. problems. <laughs> we, we <laughs> yeah, going, yeah, I was like yeah, thinking, I was like... I was going way emotional with that. Yeah, like, you were oh. overthinking it. But yeah, it, but that is true. You you might not be able to show love, but you might also just not be able to have, I guess, emotional connection with people because you can't show that love and asthma and weight issues because maybe not loving yourself makes you gain weight. I don't know. Maybe you can't breathe. It may be. And then these blocks are oftentimes more clearly shown in people's actions. A lot of the times healers back in the day spent, you know, you go to the doctors, a lot of the times the doctors would come to your house. So they would get to see how what your household life was like. They would see, right. you know, 
you're smoking or you're not cleaning or you see your spouse or children disrespecting you and you being stressed out. So these doctors, not only were they healers, but they were also almost like life coaches. They would be able to like kind of throw down some wisdom on what's causing ailment in your life. And here's another interesting thing. I don't know how you guys are thinking about this through actions, but do you have someone that will always put others before themselves? Or maybe you do that yourself, where you yes. would rather make your friends happy than yourself. That is a symptom of not loving yourself. It should be equal. You should put yourself as in front as your friends. But a lot of the times it's easier for us to put others in front of you because it's easier to love someone else. And maybe it might not even be love. It might actually be just easier to have someone else feel happy than yourself. So I'll let mm -hmm. you guys think about that. But yes, this through action can also make you look lonely, insecure, and isolated, along with feeling that. So that's in the middle. Moving up to the throat chakra, as you were saying before with the whole Grey's Anatomy, you might actually not be able to communicate truthfully and lie, which... Right. Obviously, this is a fictional TV show in the Western world, so they're not going to be able to be a chakra expert. But I would say that's right. more of the third chakra, the solar plex, where you might be too scared to tell the truth. You're a coward. And well, that's a harsh word, but basically... <laughs> It has nothing to do with your ability to communicate. It's more of stems from within that you are afraid that others will. And it has to do with the heart chakra, too, because your ability to not trust others to believing that the truth, maybe you can't handle the truth or they can't handle the truth. It's never just one chakra. It's rarely just one chakra. It's usually the combination. And that goes back to the idea of them all blending together and sharing energy. But I would also argue that it's not just fear that stops us from talking or with the solar plexus, you know, chakra. I would say that verbal communication isn't everyone's strong suit. Like not mm -hmm. everyone can actually verbalize what they want. And that does have to do with the throat chakra. Mm -hmm. So like even yeah. if they wanted to, they couldn't because they couldn't put it into words. And can you guess any physical ailments that you might have if your throat chakra is misaligned? Please tell me sore throat. Like, just sore yeah, throat, that's all. It could be sore throat. <laughs> you could have throat cancer. You, you might have voice problems, areas with teeth, gums, mouth, also indicate blockages. Uh, yeah. If you never brush your teeth and you never had a cavity, your throat chakra might be just like jacked up, you know. Uh, but you might have constipation all the time. You know, that's something different. Uh, it can also be seen in actions. So if you're in a conversation and you're not allowing other people to talk, that could be a problem. Or if you can never get a word in, that's also a problem. Gossiping, thinking or talking without thinking or trouble speaking your mind. So the over talking or talking over people would be what you were like an example of what you were talking about earlier with like an overspinning chakra. Like it has too much activity and then the not being able mm -hmm. to speak would be blocked mm -hmm. and underused. So out of balance mm -hmm. makes way more sense than blocked. Yeah, it, exactly. And that's, that's the whole point is that in this philosophy, it's all about the balance, you know? And if you look at it like a very video game 
you know, perspective, it's it would be stats. But in this world, the best stats are the most neutral stats. You don't want to be like high up in strength like an orc, but low intelligence, or be like a wizard where your intelligence and you know wisdom is high, but like your strength is low. You want to be that balanced character. And for golf players, it's like being par all the time instead of under or over. It's mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. exactly where you need to be. I mean, we always want to be first, but... In life, it's better to grow along with all the other blades of grass than to be the tall one. Because then you're going to get cut down. At least if you're living by humans that like to mow <laughs> their lawn. Um, so then moving on to your third eye chakra, the one in between your eye, the sixth chakra. What do you think that's got to do with? Well, you said intuition earlier, but I would also mm-hmm. think memory, maybe? Yeah, yeah. It it can be memory. It has a lot to do with, you know, anything in that region. But headaches, uh, with concentration or sight, hearing problems, mm. those with trouble listening to reality, the people that think they know it all, or you don't know it all. With people who are in touch with their intuitions, they might have a very good third eye a good sixth chakra but if they're yeah. if you just suck at going to the casino and you're you can never Ugh. read the cards then your sixth chakra might be blocked i i have a feeling like every gambler listening to this is now going to go find a yogi to like teach them to unlock the third eye <laughs> please um, unblock my third eye put me in yes yeah. but for the record gamblers it all has to be in balance it can't just be the third eye for it to work Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna say gambling is bad but gamble responsibly and also with the third chakra it's also i like this one the best is because it's the ability to see the big picture and for me if i had to relate that i feel like mine is overactive i think i'm always looking at the big picture which makes me miss a lot of the fine details I'm very macro. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm very micro. I was about to be like, you are not macro. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. That's why we make a good team is because I'm very macro. She's very micro. And the middle that we meet is what you're getting. Yes. Yes, it is. So the final of the Western view of the chakras is the crown chakra. And this is connected to every other chakra. It is like our brain of our chakra system. The byproduct of the crown chakra all affects with what everything else is doing. It will come out as enlightenment, our connection to our life's purpose, spirituality. But then if it's blocked, what do you think what happens to a person that has a blocked crown chakra? Depression? cut off from... Yeah, maybe that's that's something that might lead to it. But, you know, it makes you narrow minded, skeptical, stubborn. Imagine if you're connected to everything, the universe, the oneness, then stereotypically, you're very carefree, you know, that the universe has your back. But then when you're narrow minded, skeptical and stubborn, it means that you don't believe anyone, you think everyone's out there to get you, you're disconnected. What happens to a person that stops talking to everyone else? They start talking to themselves. They start self-sabotaging mm-hmm. and they start going there after you, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's just us guys. Maybe that's, that's just, just us. us. Maybe that's what I might. 
but yeah, the, when this happens, though, you're going to want others to help you because that they're going to be able to bring the person out into bliss and enlightenment. But once again, all of this stuff all over your body, it's not like uh, pressure points. Your wheel will grow big and small. So even though I say throat chakra, but then I said it has to do with your mouth and your ears yeah. and eyes and stuff like, or I'm sorry, not that. But you can kind of look at your throat and expand your hands over maybe the size of like a volleyball, then that's going to be where that area it is. So that's where the energy is. There's that's no where physical the anything. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the region. So it's very simple. You got seven points throughout your body. It kind of covers all your major organs. I mean, you can lose your arms and legs and still function. So that's, it makes sense. Yeah. It's right down the middle. And I know all of you guys are now saying, oh man, I totally get this. I am a total chakra expert. But this I'm is I'm a yogi all... now. Yeah, you're a yogi now. <laughs> I am humanity certified. Um, <laughs> but... This is just the Western view. And like I said before, the Western view has just taken the original and remixed it. It is an old song remixed with techno and, you know, bass and, you know, snares. The original I will cover after our short break, but I will give you the true-true of how the original chakra system was laid out. So we'll be right back. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. Those ads must have been super awesome. Hope they helped you vibrate just how we are right now. Mm. And we're going to let Table get right back into it with the Eastern view of chakras as compared to our simplified Western one. Yes. Namaste, my young yogis. <laughs> we are now going to take the path to enlightenment with the original Hindi yoga system with their chakra systems. So like I said before, the West came and they were like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing and we're going to bring it back. And then over time, you know, you go into like yoga and crystals and all this stuff. And interesting to note, this might upset a lot of people, but there was a lot of sayings that uh, there's even a book of how Jesus went to the East and, you know, he came back in his 30s, but like, what did he do in his 20s? Well, apparently he went to the East and learned all this stuff because a lot of the stuff he says can be translated to the Eastern philosophies. Are you saying Jesus was a yogi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be just I love be that honest. I love like, that long pause. You're like, yeah. Yeah, because because yeah. I'm like, uh, I have to be careful about what I say, because this might shake people's belief system. But believe it or not, don't think about the details. You're thinking micro. He still did great things. 
he existed. He Yogi's was a real... do great things. I don't I think know, that detracts. But like, I don't sometimes... think that takes away from Jesus at all. I think it adds. If I said Rob Zombie is a country singer, a lot of Rob Zombie fans are gonna flip shit, going like, "What would you just call him?" Well, like you know, Jesus did miraculous things, but he was still a yogi. He went to the other side and he learned the path to enlightenment and he came back to share it to everyone and it helped the population he understood we're all one from my coffee to everything around me we are one you know and you can't go there from zero to 100 there's the steps but this is this is what he came across basically and also to note, did you know that Jesus' original name was Yahshua Ben-Hur? It sounds like an Obi-Wan Kenobi type, you know. You do realize when I answer the phone and I say Yeshua, I'm not saying Les Schwab. I'm always saying Yeshua because of that. Oh. Because his name was Yeshua. I straight up thought you were saying Les Schwab. And I always let you believe that. But every time I answer the phone, it's Yeshua because that's Jesus's name <laughs> i i keep i kept going god she's getting so lazy at saying les schwab but now i understand <laughs> she's um, so lazy no no yeah, it's, it's always like, been yeshua well it's fine because now i know so to your credit though i'm calling you jesus every time i answer the phone so jesus i'm you? sorry i am far from jesus but moving on so the everyone's like, God damn it! Tell us the what the original yogis did. So <laughs> the original yogi system of the chakra system was complex, but a lot simpler than it was today. They didn't go off of all these food and symbols and whatnot. It was very simple. In the 20th century, more and more books were published on the yogis and, and the chakra system and their philosophy. And as you can tell, with so many people writing this, it was the best ones that the people accepted that became bigger and bigger to what we see today. Right. Like everything else in the world. And as much as it was complex, they dumbed it down. They simplified it. And this is the thing that most yogis of today, modern yogis, don't know. That there isn't just one chakra system. In the original, there were many. Just like Kung Fu, there wasn't just one Kung Fu style. There was the equivalent of crane style, tiger style. There was the five chakra system. There was the six. And I, I know I said that before, but each one branched off into other chakra systems. Like there was chakra systems within chakra systems, which makes sense. Because if you think about it, how do you count one region with one chakra? Within the chakra was more chakras that would pinpoint. And if you actually look at the deities of like the Hindu culture, there's deities to every single one of our body parts. They ruled different things. And you know how before I said the crown chakra rules them all? Well, yeah. In their belief one chakra system, ruled them all. <laughs> it wasn't that. <laughs> that one chakra wasn't better than another it was a spectrum they all were valuable no one god was more superior than the others they were all necessary well just like you were saying earlier it's like mycelium with everything branching off it's like our neurons everything connects nothing is more valuable than something else it all has to be working to work 
So mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. sense. So you would have to learn like the five chakra system, six chakra, and seven, nine, 10, 12, 21, you know, it keeps going up. And the ones that felt more comfortable with certain ones would stick to it. But to a true practitioner, you would be able to have to talk to all of these things, you know, like you would have to know all of this to become this huge practitioner. Now, you're also thinking, like, how would you even know which system is right? You know, like, just like Kung Fu, how did you know which school would teach you the deadly arts to defend yourself in this harsh reality? So you might think like chakras are uh, stuck to one region. Well, how they look at it, the chakras aren't fixed in place. They fluctuate. You know, sometimes they can move up and down. As in like you see the chakra and it's perfectly spaced aligned. Yeah. Now imagine if certain ones are closer together and some are more spaced out from each other. They drift in place as well. So you can actually, uh, like, they'll see you because in this world, they can see your energy. They can, if you concentrate on your third chakra, they will actually see you turn yellow. Like if you concentrate in your hand, a certain emotion, they'll be able to see the color of the emotion. So they were able to move these energies around your body. Well, and just like you were saying, like, it's not like pressure points earlier, but even pressure points can move around in your body because they are mm-hmm. focused on certain energies and nerve bundles and things like that. Like we can't think of anything in life as stationary and everything will move around. Everything will gravitate. Yes. So it all depended on what you were doing. Like if you're doing a five element practice, you would do the five chakra system. And what is the five element practice? Well, you know, there's earth, wind, fire, air, and spirit, you know, so but then if you go to other different deities, such as like the seven, then you're counting, you know, more cosmic things, your whole being. Also, the chakra systems were prescriptive, not descriptive. And what that means is basically, when you read the Western's view on chakras, they are very specific. They're they're like, you know, this is this is your region that the heart chakra is centered over. The, these are the yoga practices you need to do. But in truth, the texts were prescriptive. Like these are things that you can take home and use them as you should. Kind of like what God means to you. It wasn't very like, I'm telling you this is what God looks like and this is what God does. It was more like, these are things that it does, but what it means to you, like what God means to you is your own belief, if that kind of makes sense. Right. And it's it's more like guidance, like parables. Like it's yeah. take this and use it as mm-hmm. you need to. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to follow the script. It was the pirate's code. It was general, but you didn't have to follow it to a T. Also might be the reason why it branched out so much. Just like Judaic religions and the way that Mm -hmm. they branched out, you know, based on what was believed. So we lost the original footage from yesterday, but I had mentioned to Amelia that someone that she has spoken about comes back up in this yoga world. Something that went back, uh, you know, a thousand years or so. This guy influenced how we look at chakras and yogis today. And that's Carl Jung. I kind of thought yesterday when we were talking about it that it was young, but I was like, I don't know. But then the fact that he loved mysticism so much makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he took this and he spoke about it. 
And when he spoke about it, he has this charismatic way of just turning all these crazy nonsense into something that people of today can absorb. But a lot of the psychological states of chakras was innovated by Carl Jung. He is the one that basically introduced it to the mass public of what chakras might mean in you know each day. But they're not specific emotions or psychological state, more of a petal to each lotus chakra. And what that means is how do you have a flower? You have a petal and a collection of petals creates the flowers. Each petal is necessary to create your chakra system and each chakra itself. So the petals are the micro, the flower is the macro. Yes, but each chakra is a flower as well. So like, oh, it's like gotcha. we live in a universe with worlds, but your world and my world are different, but we choose to live together. Each of these chakras are their own flower, and in a collection, they make a bigger flower. And then we're all a beautiful bouquet. <laughs> yes, we are a beautiful bouquet. <laughs> I was thinking that too. So Carl Jung, being the one that brought it all, you know, into place in today's world, he made it easier for us to translate. I mean, he's not the only one, but for example, like people saying like, wear a lot of red if your root chakra is, you know, weak or eat red apples or blah, blah, blah. Right. He translated it so it would sound methodical and come all the way down to reality, how it translates to. Because like you were saying before, like when you're sitting in lowest position, the root chakra is right next to earth. So it all makes sense. And he just made it even simpler. And it's once again, a philosophy. He, he looked at it as a way of living. But in truth, it wasn't that each one was its own category. You don't divide things up. They're more like petals to a flower. You don't find certain emotions only in your heart chakra. There's love in all the chakras, except this one is more focused on it. So like, once again, petals to the flower and each chakra point is a flower with petals on it. And then in the combination, it's a bouquet. So we're just like this pretty flower. We make our own little flowers and all the humans are their own flowers and we're all a bouquet together. Yay! Exactly. And that's why you also see a lot of lotus flowers in this yoga world because that's that the symbol is that we are slowly blossoming out and each petal comes out and in the center we are born. So before you start looking at all your essential oils and crystals and you're like, that's all a lie, I'm going to throw it away. Once again, if it's working for you in your life, just keep doing it. But I'm just providing the original transcript that in the original, there was no crystal that would amplify your crown chakra. There wasn't a certain outfit that would elevate your emotions. It was very prescriptive. That's just what I was going to say. I was going to draw back to that. <laughs> I just stole your thunder. I just looked at no, you no, and no. sucked it out like, of you. You did. I'm a little proud because you're like remembering what I was saying and like drawing from that because I that's what I added. It was like you like you said it was prescriptive, mm -hmm. not descriptive. And I was using my third eye, my intuition, um, my Good brain. Job. So yeah, so like <laughs> I was saying, you know, if you think your crystal is gonna really help your self esteem and purify your manipura chakra, go ahead, do it. But originally, mm -hmm. that wasn't what it was about. And there's nothing to say that those things can't become the new thing. Because 
whatever we put our faith in, our belief system in, it gives it power. So just in case you're about to lose your faith, I'm right now saying you can keep it. You know, we don't normally allow food yeah. and beverages in here, but for you, it's working and it's keeping <laughs> you calm. So go ahead, <laughs> keep eating. So like I said before, the seven chakra system that's popular today was not from ancient scripture. It's from the treatise written in 1577. So back in the day, the Sanskrit text was written by a guy named Pranananda Yadi and his text, the Sat Chakra Nirupana, I'm sorry, I'm horribly butchering it, aka the explanation of the six chakras, was actually the sixth chakra of the larger work. What, what that means is that they don't really count all of it. They're doing it by levels. So like you're in the first mm -hmm. level, you're learning about the body's chakras. You don't want to focus on the crown chakra because the crown chakra activates after you get all six in order. Right. By focusing on the crown chakra so much, you might be neglecting all the other chakras. So it wasn't exactly uh, 100 years ago, but that was like 1918 is when it was translated to the English text after the 1577 rendition. And also with this, the main purpose of the chakra system was more of an installation to the mantras and deities. Like I said before, it wasn't about the essential oils or crystals. All of it was at the original system was the mystical sounds, the Sanskrit alphabet that was distributed across aka the petals, the chakras in your system. So each system had a sound to it. And then each system had an element to it, like earth, water, fire, wind, and space. And then it was the deity, the Hindu deity or deities that existed. So once again, it wasn't like this level system that, you know, like Zeus is the almighty that rules everything. Each deity yeah. had its own thing that they govern, and then they're all necessary. Each chakra in your system wasn't better than the other, that's what they ruled and they were necessary. So originally they would practice the mantras, each sound that represented a, a deity or chakra. And then you would war, you know, keep that deity in mind and then also practice the elemental aspect of it. Yeah. By invoking these words and images and energies, you could really get your body to focus and work and beef up uh, certain parts of your chakra. So, you know, things like saying Ganesh, Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra, you know, things like that would give you power because the verbal vibrations would also help you concentrate on leveling these things up. And that makes perfect sense because we've talked about this before, like our bodies are mostly water. So mm -hmm. sound moves water, resonates differently, like different sounds resonate within, like it just makes scientific sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, the word, you know, like lum is got to do mm -hmm. with earth. So if you go lum, it's just stops, you know, it's it's very earth-like while vum is the water it's like vom it's supposed mm -hmm. to flows flows and then there's ram which is symbol of fire and then yam wind hum space when you go hum you open your mouth you feel um, this like you know and so the air yeah the air the the space you know um yam is wind yam you kind of got to breathe, breathe into, in. you know, say it. Yeah. So, you know, like if you think about it, these are different ways to activate 
your body to focus on certain chakras. Once again, not each chakra had only one energy to it. Each element was instilled into each chakra. So you have earth, water, wind, fire, space in each chakra, and it would translate different. You would have love air, love wind, love earth, love, you know, vice versa in each one. And now we have Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, um, with all of it, you get Captain, you, you get to become Captain Planet once you have aligned all your elements. So, so everyone out there just kind of going like, oh my God, what do I do with this? Just keep doing what you're doing, but also add on to the fact that what you currently practice might not be the full picture. That when you focus on love, you're just thinking about love. There's the watery love. There's the airy love, the fire love. Those are the things like slight details. You might be going to macro like me. You might have to be more Amelia about it and go a little bit more micro upon your prayers or your yoga practices. You know, I don't know what kind of yogas you do, but some yoga classes, they have you say things as you're doing certain poses. And when you eat, you want to eat bland. You don't want to have all this like spicy food, you know, uh, salty food. You want to just have bland food. Maybe you should have a day where you practice just bland food. So when when I talk about food too, they were all about balance. And with balance, you have to live and eat accordingly. So I've actually practiced this kind of stuff a long time ago in my earlier 20s, where I actually did things like drink water every morning the moment you wake up and puke into a toilet. And that's when I also found out you really don't have anything in your stomach. No matter what you eat, the right. next morning, your your stomach is going to be cleared. It, it moves on. Mm -hmm. and, it's already um, digested. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad it, does, it did because when I was doing this on <laughs> daily, it was painful the first few days. But um, after a while, it became natural. You drink like a quart of water and you just puke it out. And no, this isn't like got anything to do with eating disabilities. You actually do this the moment you wake up and you just kind of clean your insides. It's not dangerous if you know how to do it. But essentially, they're associated. And for those who are interested, this might be a fun exercise to try. But you can find out which element you are. So when you puke, and you see a lot of foam in your bile, then you're going to see you're an air sign. If you have a lot of bile, you know, like uh, like the filmy green or the like multicolored yeah. stuff, you're going to be more fire. And if you've got chunks coming out, and, and hopefully you know what I'm talking about by <laughs> chunks, not like food waste, but I mean like... And for everyone's record, like he's looking at me like, please verify that you know what I'm talking about. And unfortunately, yes, I do know mm -hmm. what you're talking about. You're like going to be more earth sign. OK, and, you know, if you've got a lot more water, it's just watery, then you're going to be water sign. You know, it it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat to see, but it can also change. You're not always that. Yes, you, it does change. It's not always the same thing. Mm -hmm. So there's different practices you can do. Like I did like this 10 day fast where you weren't able to really eat anything. It was a yang diet. All I could have was al dente brown rice. And every now and then if Ugh. I really couldn't handle it, I was allowed an apple. And that lifestyle is very boring. 
I'm going to tell you, you get so freaking bored that the slightest texture of brown rice is welcoming. That sweet, sweet <laughs> taste of that apple is like, oh my God. So I understand why you would hit a state of bliss. Yeah. You know, imagine you living like the most boring life ever. And then all of a sudden someone took you to Chuck E. Cheese. Everyone else would be like, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. But you're like, oh my God, I get oh something my God. to do. So it's very interesting. So all of this stuff, this is so much knowledge. You know, I, I cannot do this in a podcast like this. This this needs its own, you know, things. And if you guys want to hear more about it, feel free to shoot us a message and ask us to dive further into it. But my whole point of this episode is to let viewers know that the things that we practice in the Western world is not always the original scripture. Sometimes we need to know where we come from to truly know where we're going. Sometimes right. the things that we see today are plastered with advertisements and misdirection and the original road signs are hidden behind the billboards. So key points are there are more than seven chakras in the chakra system. The original context is not as complex as today with all the other things. It's complex in different levels that the chakra system has elements, deities, and sounds associated to them. None of those essential oils, none of those colors, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's more prescriptive than it is descriptive. So whatever yeah. you take from this world, use it to better your life. Don't let anyone else tell you wrong. But if you're doing something wrong, you might want to go with the original context and see what you can change up. And please, 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 this is important to me, but each chakra has all the elements in it. And let meditate on that, think about that, ponder, because to me, that is, you know, eye-opening to know that I have love in my groin as much as I have love in my heart, you know, <laughs> uh, that I have, you know, strength in my brain as much as I have strength in my gut, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. Like blending everything together and not being absolute about anything. Gray areas are where life is at. Exactly. So, Amelia, how do you feel hearing all of that now? You know, I feel like I usually feel and I don't know. I, I This is an epiphany. Hey, mm -hmm. everyone, listeners, I'm having a, an epiphany in this moment. As much as I say that, like, I'm a skeptic and that I don't know what I believe or what's true or what's not, I still feel like I'm so firm in believing that a little bit of everything exists mm -hmm. that I don't really feel that much different. Like, is it educational? Yes. Like, I love hearing this stuff and I love knowing the history behind it. And I love knowing that my root chakra is where my balance is and where my, like, grounding is and my that if i have some self-esteem issues it's probably my solar plexus chakra but does that affect how i'm gonna go about my day tomorrow probably not mm -mm. because at the end of the day like what i'm doing right now with my own rebuilding seems to be working fairly well for yeah. me yeah and everything is about where you put your belief and if you want to believe that your chakras are unbalanced and that you need help then do that because if that's what helps you better your life and feel better 
go for it. Exactly. And for those that need a more modern example, let's just say you're going with Verizon and they're screwing you over. So you switch over to AT&T, you know, like maybe your lifestyle is working for you right now, but there might be a day where what you're doing is not working. And it's nice to know that there's other options out there and we're just offering. And that was just what you were saying well ago. Like, Yes, what you may be doing, you've known forever, but if it's not working, look further. Yeah. Go out, branch out, look for other things. If I felt completely dissatisfied with my life right now, I would be seeking out an Eastern practitioner of acupuncture and chakra healing and Reiki to help me better my life. But I'm not completely unsatisfied. Like, I feel like... Everyone has their highs and lows. And I feel like right now, sure, I'm stressed as all get out, but I don't feel bad and I don't feel unhopeful and I don't feel like I need to look any further than what I'm doing currently. Mm-hmm. You still have hope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's terrifying and horrible. Mm-hmm. But yes, I mean, I still have hope. Hope. Hope is hope is big. Hope is big. But. With that said, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. It hopefully was informative, educational, maybe it gave you hope, maybe it pissed you off. I don't know. We would love to hear from you. You can always contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I was about to say MySpace, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) Patreon. Tom, where are you? And if you want to just uh, follow us on Patreon, that would be great. We would love that. And once again, Amelia is on her uh, voyage getting ready to move over to Washington. So we will be able to bring you better shows. Uh, Whatever support you can give us by telling your friends and family, we would greatly appreciate as well. With that, is there anything else you wanted to add, Amelia? Nope. We hope to see you guys very, very soon in person. Not in person, but, you know, face to face with some uh, live shows. Yeah, and I will leave with one question. Where is Dynamo Jack today? I don't know who Dynamo Jack is. Why am I confused? Well, go find out. We'll see you guys on the next one while I explore this absolute mystery. Have a great week. Bye-bye.